It's time for the LaneCast with Montana's very own Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland, your voice for agriculture. Hey friends, welcome to the LaneCast. Today, the question is, what do Kim Kardashian, President Trump, and Dwight and Steve Hammond have in common? Well, they have Article 2, Section 2 of the U.S. Constitution, which gives the president the authority to grant clemency or hand out pardons. When we come back, you will get two times the lane on the Lane Cast as Ethan Lane, the executive director of the Public Lands Council, talks about the opportunity that is at hand that two Oregon ranchers that have been wrongfully convicted and imprisoned have at receiving a pardon or clemency. Don't go away. We'll be back with the Lane Cast right after this. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lane Cast on the Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and other podcast apps. Now, back to the show. Well, as promised, you get a double dose of Lane today. That's because our guest is Ethan Lane, the executive director of the Public Lands Council and the NCBA's federal lands. Ethan, how are things today out in our nation's capital? You know, things are beautiful today uh, back in Washington. And uh, even though I spent most of the week out, uh, out west in Wyoming where it was perfect weather, uh, it's nice to be home for a few days with the family. Well, I'm glad you could join us here today. I know you are on the road advocating so much on behalf of the nation's public lands ranchers. And our conversation today is going to center around pardons and clemency, as President Trump has given many pardons to individuals very recently. A lot of those pardons have been supported and advocated for by celebrities. But many farmers and ranchers here in the West are hoping for clemency or a pardon for the Hammond family. We know that name very well. There has been quite a lot of coverage, positive and negative, in the mainstream media for Dwight Hammond and his son Stephen, who, if you recall, were convicted back in 2012 of setting fire to rangeland close to their ranch near Burns, Oregon. And initially, they were sentenced to prison terms of three months and one year, respectively. And then the court system got involved, and now they are labeled as pretty much terrorists, and they are serving a five-year prison sentence for arson right now. And groups like Protect the Harvest and the Public Lands Council, and I all agree, no rancher should fear imprisonment or be in prison for undertaking normal agricultural practices. And the Public Lands Council is continuing to advocate for the release of Dwight and Stephen Hammond. But right now, Ethan, there's a great opportunity for President Trump to pardon the Hammonds. Can you give an overview of what this case is and how this is impacting the attitude of ranchers across the West? Well, you know, you're right. We have seen over the last month or two uh, the president step up and start using that pardon power um, in a variety of different circumstances. And, you know, there's always going to be a national debate whenever the president does pull the trigger on a, on a pardon of somebody who was convicted uh, uh, through a, a, a legal process. But, you know, the Hammond case, as you very uh, aptly put it, is, is one that really hits home for rural America, particularly because we know so much about this situation and we know how absolutely wrong it was to put the Hammonds in prison in the first place. You know, anyone who operates on, on public lands uh, and, and has seen the reverse of the Hammond situation where 
the government lights a, a, a controlled burn that gets out of control and burns private land, you know, it's it's treated vastly differently than that. You you, you essentially get a shrug of the shoulders from the government. Um, folks in the Dakotas who have dealt with that in the past are still trying to get some uh, restitution from the government for the private land damage that they've incurred. So there really is a double standard at play here, and in this case, it's it's destroyed a family. So, you know, we are really trying to, to push this case forward in a moment where uh, uh, it looks like there may be an opportunity. You know, others are, are pushing as well. Uh, the Oregon cattlemen obviously have, have been uh, uh, in this fight since the beginning. Now you're seeing organizations like Protect the Harvest get involved. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really a, a groundswell of support from across those rural areas that know just how important this case is uh, and how, how past time it is to send the Hammonds home to their family. And, and, you know, immediately after that, let's get them back to the ranching so they can uh, keep putting food on their table. Now, how has this made things more difficult for groups like the Public Lands Council in advocating the important role that public lands ranchers play on our public lands and keeping that rangeland and forest land healthy? How has this created a barrier for you when you're up on the hill advocating on behalf of ranchers? Just the way that this has played out, how the media has really not understood the role that public lands ranchers play on these lands. Uh, what's your take on that and how has that been a barrier for you? Well, you know, I mean, I think immediately when this was unfolding a few years ago, obviously um, the situation was tainted by the uh, uh, the, the group that uh, decided to, to uh, move into the Malheur National Wildlife Refuge. Um, you know, obviously there were a lot of strong emotions ar around that, and, and folks can either feel like, uh, uh, you know, that was a, a justified action or, you know, as, as we do, uh, kind of, you know, feel like that wasn't the appropriate way to uh, to push that issue. Um, but it, it did cloud the issue of the of the Hammonds and their release. Uh, I think, uh, you know, at the time I had several conversations with high-ranking officials in the Obama administration, and and you know what they expressed to us at the time was, hey, we we get it, we we think there is a road here uh, to help the Hammonds, and we understand that this has gone too far. But you know, this situation now has taken on uh, a, a very different uh, a very different tone because of this, you know, because of this occupation that wasn't something the Hammonds asked for, it wasn't something they wanted, um, and, and, you know, unfortunately kind of tainted the issue at the time. Now, a few years down the road, a little bit removed from that, um, you know, I, I don't think uh, as far as advocating for this in Washington, there's any ill effects uh, lingering from that. I mean, I, I think we're foot on the gas and, and wanting to know uh, when it's going to be the Hammond's turn to, to head home. You know, we've seen this string of pardons for people, and, um, I, you know, I, I'm not... I'm not hesitant to say we've seen people pardoned in the last few weeks or months that, that, that surely um, I, I should have been behind the Hammonds in, in line for a pardon if you're, if you're gauging it by um, you know, whether or not they, they belong in prison. So um, it's long past time for, uh, uh, for the administration to go ahead and pull the trigger on this one and send them home. Now for our listeners today, Ethan, there's some that supported this standoff in Oregon. There's others that did not agree with it. I'm not going to jump into that discussion because people lost their lives. It's a very emotional subject, and I just want to look towards the future and the opportunity we have in front of us here today to free the Hammonds. With the president having the opportunity, the paperwork is in the Oval Office for him to pardon or grant clemency to Steve and Dwight Hammond. But here, as of late, celebrities have been playing a big role in being a voice for those 
that have been granted clemency or been given a pardon, is it going to take a celebrity to really push the president to want to pardon Dwight and Steve Hammond? And if so, which celebrity should be their voice to the Trump administration? You, you know, it, it, it sure couldn't hurt. I mean, you know, that start, sort of started as a joke around our office. But but to be honest, you know, we, we know kind of how this administration and this White House processes information. Um, you know, for, for good or for bad, they're very tuned into the media. They're very tuned into celebrity culture. They, they respond to that. The president certainly responds to that. Um, so, you know, in, in any other administration, I might give you a different answer. But in this one, you know, I, I, the idea of Sam Elliott or, or somebody like that with a Western presence that is a nationally recognized celebrity stepping up and, and making that appeal to the president, um, advocating for the Hammonds release, I, I, I think it could be. Uh, it could be pivotal in, in this kind of situation. So we, we are, uh, uh, you know, in the daily, in the weekend roundup this weekend, we did kind of uh, uh, make a little bit of a joke about needing to find uh, find Sam Elliott's cell phone number, but but uh, I'm, I'm dead serious about it. We, we are actively uh, exploring those options because that, that may be just a ticket to get this thing uh, in front of the president. Now for listeners tuning in to the LaneCast today, what can they do to find out more information or even uh, is there groups that uh, could help provide more information and help their voice uh, of support for the Hammond family in this situation? There is a White House petition that I think Protect the Harvest uh, may have started that, that has uh, uh, gained uh, quite a few signatures on WhiteHouse.gov. Um, you know, that's, that's obviously a, a quick option to go uh, get your name onto something that's going to register right there with the White House, um, you know, and and also calling your members of Congress and, and letting them know that that this is uh, uh, this is past time to to be dealt with, and and explaining how this hits home for for producers that may be um, you know in another state or in another part of the West, and drawing that connection that this is not an isolated incident in Oregon. This impacts and colors how public lands ranchers across the West make management decisions. If they, if they are stopping themselves from making a responsible management decision because they're afraid that a, a punitive or, or unchecked legal system could end up sending them to prison, you know, the, the end result is that we're not going to get the kind of management we need on federal lands in the West. Um, so this, this has a far-reaching impact and a chilling effect on, on responsible management at the end of the day. So, there, you know, there's, a, uh, there's, a, there's an element to this that goes beyond uh, just, just this family who has been so impacted by this. This, this really has far-reaching effects. Communicating those to Congress is, is going to be important as well as to the administration. Now, how about the Department of Interior? Obviously, I've heard so many success stories of ranchers having great relationship with Interior employees, whether that's the BLM or whatnot. But it just sounds like the employees on the federal level in this part of Oregon weren't really working with the Hammonds and ranchers to help solve this issue of the, the wildfires and whatnot. How do ranchers and the federal agencies just work better together? What, what are some of the uh, solutions or uh, bright stories you've seen from situations of having a good relationship with the BLM and working to hopefully better those relationships on both ends? Well, I'll tell you, I, I was just, as I mentioned earlier, I was just in Wyoming this week at the Stock Growers uh, Summer Meeting, and, you know, there are some there are some offices, some BLM offices in Wyoming that, that really run well and have a really strong dialogue between permittees and, and BLM staff and, and kind of a long history of working together. And, you know, I saw that play out in, in some, some meetings this week uh, in uh, uh, 
in Riverton. And, you know, it, it, there is uh, uh, there's an element there of both sides needing to work together. Um, you know, it's easy for us on the on the ranchers side to say, gosh, the, you know, the federal employees are all bureaucrats and, you know, they're, they, they, they don't understand. And, and, you know, certainly that is uh, that is something that we find in a lot of areas, but there's also a responsibility for our permittees to make sure they're communicating and and they're uh, working with those those agencies. You know, um, problems are always going to come up, but uh, I saw a lot of frank talk this week. I saw a lot of uh, you know honest dialogue. I saw people calling each other on their BS both directions, quite honestly. And you know, I think that's healthy as long as everyone goes into that knowing that it's intended to be a constructive conversation, right? I'm going to call you out if you if you're if you're making a statement that's not true or if you're not living up to your word. Um, but I'm also going to make sure I honor mine when I tell you I'm going to do something. And I, and I think that that's kind of the approach we're all going to need to take uh, in these conversations to make them work better. It takes both sides uh, coming to the coming to the table and bringing their A game to make it work. Well, I know there is so much hope out there that uh, the Hammonds will be freed, and whether that is a pardon or clemency, that uh, will give these ranchers an opportunity to get back to their families and back to the industry that they love. And I hope folks can move forward and work with their federal agencies because at the end of the day, it was just total nonsense that these ranchers had to go to prison and labeled as terrorists. Ethan Lane, is there anything else that you would like to say here today? Um, I appreciate you shedding some light on this. You know, I know others do as well. I, I think this is this is a real moment in time. There's an opportunity here, and and if we can uh, we can push this thing and and get enough publicity on it, uh, uh, we might just be able to dislodge these guys and send them home to their families. So uh, I appreciate you and others in the media uh, turning the spotlight on this, and let's just uh, keep our foot on the gas and see what we can get done. Well, Ethan, thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your day. You got two times the lane here on the LaneCast once again. And for more information on the Public Lands Council and how they advocate for the nation's ranchers out on our public lands, just visit them at thepubliclandscouncil.org. And also in the podcast description, I will have links to protect the harvest and other entities that are advocating for the release of Dwight and Steve Hammond there in Burns, Oregon, where their family ranch. That will do it for today's LineCast. Thank you for joining us, and don't forget to subscribe and give us a good rating, and feel free to send your suggestions for future shows our way. That will do it for today. I'm Lane Nordland, your voice for agriculture. Thank you for tuning in to the LaneCast with Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland. For more on Lane, check out his Facebook page, Lane Nordland Ag Broadcaster and NordlandCommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the LaneCast on your Apple or Android devices. We look forward to joining you next time on the LaneCast.